Revenge, Season 1, Episode 7, Charade. Hi, and welcome to the Kowski Cast. I'm Mary. And I'm Laura. And today we're talking about Episode 7 in the first season of Revenge. How are you doing, Laura? I'm good. We're getting back up and running. Yeah, okay. So let's address the <laughs> elephant in the room. <laughs> the fact that it's been a little while. A couple weeks. Shit's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I was saying, shh, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry. <I> said, <laughs> that, did, that did not sound like that. That did not sound right. I was saying, shh, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so basically the problem is that we have a father who does some weird things with his time and works on projects and stuff. And one of the things that he's been working on recently has been trying to break the world record for running and juggling. So running 50 miles while juggling, and he wants to do it the fastest. So we had to spend a couple weeks setting it up, setting up the event, actually doing the world record attempt and then like compiling the evidence and sending it in and all of that has finally just now finished yeah mary was the what the event coordinator yeah event director the director sorry so she played a big role and you were responsible for getting the whole event organized my dad needed a lot of help and a lot of uh, it's for the guinness world record and you're required to have witnesses and just it was a big production and even after the event we had it videotaped and we Mary had to edit it yeah i mean it was like it took like 8 hours so i had 8 hours of footage on four different cameras that i had to edit and he was technically breaking two different records and so we had to compile all this evidence and there's all these rules and things so yeah it was a long process but now we're uh now we're back yeah and i i didn't really have much of a role in the juggling thing but i mean this is, this is not a one-man show. It's a two-woman show. So. It, it is exactly a two-woman show. <laughs> so <laughs> I just didn't do anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it kind of needs both of us to do this. But we're back. We're going to be cranking out some more episodes, hopefully getting these up. But, you know, things happen. Sometimes Sometimes you need to take a little break and help your dad beat a world record. And yeah. so... Yeah. Who can blame us? No, not <laughs> anyone, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> not our loyal listeners yeah. that's for sure and i mean we've been like we've been away from each other or have we well no weirdly we've actually been together more often recently for the last several weekends but we've just been really busy doing things like, we've had family mem- family re- relatives that have come to visit yeah and- we had relatives visiting and then it was like our mom's birthday and so we've just had a lot going on but i've been in richmond this weekend yes so we're it's been a lot of fun we're back. We're back at it again. Yeah. Okay. So, to break into this episode, <laughs> it's finally the episode that we've been alluding to for a long time. <laughs> Seven episodes in. Yeah. Um, I thought this was episode more like four, but it's actually episode seven. The episode where we finally get the real Emily Thorne. Yep. Slash Amanda Clark. Confusing, but... Yeah, exactly. The person who is right now charading as Amanda Clark. Well, did they ever, before this episode, did the show ever hint that that Emily Thorne 
Kate's name was actually based on a true and a real living person. Because I was just I don't thinking, think so. I thought she changed her name. She created a whole new identity, which she did, but I didn't know it was a swap of two girls. Right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think any of us knew that it was a swap. I think that the whole purpose was that it was supposed to be. We knew that Emily, or we knew that the person who's pretending to be Emily Thorne, you know, the main character, Emily Van Camp. We knew that she was actually Amanda Clark because of the flashbacks. And we just, I guess, yeah, assumed that she had taken a new identity, but not that this identity was a real identity. And now we're figuring out why. Yeah. I was kind of wondering if this show, when it was originally airing, if they had like a, a half season, uh, like finale type of thing. They do. This is not it. Oh, okay. The mid-season finale. <laughs> Half a season. <laughs> mid-season. Yeah, no, the mid-season finale, I'm like 99% sure is what we saw in the in the very beginning of the first episode with the engagement party. Uh, I could be wrong. That might just be the season finale, but I'm pretty sure it's actually the mid-season finale. Okay. Or not quite the season finale. So I feel like we're still episodes several episodes away from the mid-season. Yeah, it's... Because, I mean, this episode was, just to jump ahead, the... the um, Emily and Daniel finally said they were falling in love with each other. And I feel like you, you don't just get, get engaged right for that, right? You're, like, in love for a while. Yeah, I, I was actually confused because I thought that Emily and Daniel... Already said that. Had already said that. I guess not. Maybe it's just because they had... <laughs> I just assumed oh, that this man. had already... Old fashioned. <laughs> Look, not judging. Do what you want. They're a modern day couple. But I, yeah, I was a little confused with, um, like, how much time has passed and how long they've been together. Like, we know the first episode was somewhere near Memorial Day, and we know that we've already had Fourth, Fourth of, July. of July. So we know we're somewhere halfway through the summer-ish. And uh, assuming that this show is going to take place more or less just during the summer, I'm not actually sure. We'll find out. I would say that we are halfway, we're definitely halfway through the summer. July 4th is usually like halfway. Yeah, man, I'm like, I literally just watched this whole show a couple months ago. And I'm already confused of... The timeline? Yeah, the timeline. But anyway. We'll figure it out. We're, yeah, we're getting we'll, through we'll it. We'll figure it out. And, I mean, episodes, the episodes coming up could just be not spaced apart very much. They could be just spaced apart by days, and so. Well, like, in this one, we know, they mentioned, like, last night. Oh, and so we yeah. know that this one also took place right the day after the previous episode. All right, so to start off with our topics for today, this whole episode was centered around the timeline of the 25th anniversary of Conrad and Victoria Grayson, and they're having an article written about them, which sort of keeps pace with the episode of, like, writing the article, the article coming out, and then having a engagement, not engagement, a, um, anniversary dinner party with the family. And so let's just go through a couple points from this. Why is this even happening? Is this something that well, the Grayson's... Well, it's the 25th anniversary. It's a big number. Okay. Quarter of a century. No, I meant, why are they having an article written about them? I, think, it, the, I think the article is supposed to be, like, 
oh, look at this family, look how perfect they are and how well they've stayed together. Like, here's some advice on how you can also be the same. I mean, there's, there, it's much like, I mean, would an article like this be written about the royal family? Yes, similar kind of thing. Okay. Well, I was just wondering if it sounds like it was Time, Times, or maybe it's the Times. I don't know. Not Time Magazine, but I think they mentioned Times. They said, I think it's like the Hampton Times Times or or something like that. I was wondering if they had been approached by the magazine. Oh, I'm sure. Or if the Graysons were like, we want an article. No, I I think they were probably approached. But I mean, it's all. The Hamptons finest. Yeah, it's all good publicity. I mean, it's like. I'm trying to think of another example. It's not quite like, you know, Kardashians, but oh, like. Oh, gosh. No. No, but, but like, because they're a reality TV. But I'm saying, like, if the Kardashians were in an age before social media and, like, and the internet and stuff, but they were still, like, a well known family that people cared about listening, you know, to what was going on. I feel like that's sort of a similar thing. I don't know. They usually talk about royalty, they usually compare them to that. So. Yeah, this whole 25th anniversary thing, it's all kind of a sham because we know that, like, things have been rocky with Victoria and Conrad because of the whole Lydia incident and just all this stuff recently being dragged up from Victoria's past. I think, so, looking back at this show, I've always wondered, like, okay, Emily doesn't actually, her coming into town has not actually brought about the whole thing with, like, all these flashbacks where Victoria seems to be talking about David Clark a lot more right now. And I don't think that really has to do with Emily coming to town at this point, except for the fact that Emily exposed to Victoria that Lydia and Conrad were hooking up. And I think that is what has brought back all this stuff because like from Conrad's point of view, he's like, uh, well you had a thing for David and I knew about that. And also Uh, from Victoria's point of view, it's like you're cheating on me and then thinking back to when she cheated on him, you know? So I think that's really the connecting tissue. Yep, and so the reporters just kind of diving into wanting the details about their love, the Victoria and uh, Conrad's love, and it opens up with Emily. You know, she's doing her her quotes and everything. Oh like, yeah, I, I liked this one. And, um, it's from Hamlet. Does it include this? Uh, I like yeah. That. So what the? It, it's actually one quote from Hamlet, and that she says in the very beginning of the episode and then she says the second half of the quote at the end it's broken up but the first part at the beginnings um she says as hamlet said to ophelia god has given you one face and you make yourself another the battle between these two halves of identity who we are and who we pretend to be is unwinnable victoria is worried oh <laughs> sorry and then i'm reading my notes out loud victoria is worried about lydia waking up i just also liked, true <laughs> i liked the you know, who we are and who we pretend to be. Yeah. There's two sides. And so after they wrap up the interview, Victoria's talking to Grayson, or sorry, talking to Conrad, and she's just kind of like, oh, Hampton's most perfect couple. How much more of this can I handle? You know, can I handle lying and yeah, pretending she, to she be? Yeah, she seems very concerned about, like, how stressful this is on her. And I mean, I can kind of imagine, like, it would be hard to pretend that everything's perfect when it's not. But also, like, I mean, you brought this on yourself, you know? I mean. Yeah. The uh, other thing that I kind of noticed was when the reporter said, asked them, what has bonded you? Like, when it, what has bonded your love, your marriage? And she says, the birth of our son, Daniel. And Charlotte, of course. Like, like she big even pause. Say, yeah, it's a big pause. Like, she quickly said, the birth of our son, Daniel. And then she just said, 
Oh, yeah, and Charlotte, of course. She didn't even say, and like, our lovely daughter. Like, she's really not trying. Like, she messed up before with the whole thing being revealed that she had talked to her therapist about how she was kind of, you know, her relationship with Charlotte was rocky and that, like, blew up. And I'm like, she's not even trying to make amends for that at all. No. I don't oh. know. It just, again, Daniel's like the golden child. Or well, the- and this episode really has a whole lot of moments of showing, like, how close Daniel and... Uh, his mom, Victoria. Well, Charlotte even says something like, oh, yeah, Daniel could get away with murder. Right, and I was thinking, like, oh, is that alluding to something? But I don't think he's murdered anyone, so. No. I don't actually think that's. But, like, he's messed up. Hey, you never know. Right, exactly, right. So, yeah, Victoria, like I said earlier, is worried about Lydia waking up. So we know that she's still in a coma, but her vitals are doing better, and she theoretically could wake up at any time. So that's just an added stress. And it's hard for me to tell right now, like, what Conrad's opinion on all this is. And we see a couple flashbacks where Victoria is, or maybe it's not a flashback, maybe it's just a conversation, where Victoria is so nervous. You know what? No, it's a deleted scene. Sorry, we were watching the deleted scenes too. Where Victoria was talking with Frank, and she was talking about how she was really nervous about Lydia not waking up. Because she didn't think she'd be able to handle that. Um, Because she doesn't know how much Lydia will remember. You don't know if Lydia will have some kind of short-term memory loss and forget the leading moments to it, to when she fell. Yeah, but I mean, it would be so much easier on all of them if Lydia just didn't wake up. Gosh. I mean, I know that's terrible, but... Well, speaking of... You had just mentioned Frank. Speaking of Frank, they... uh, Victoria and Conrad mention well conrad tells victoria he says frank has cashed the severance check so hopefully that's the last we'll hear of him and obviously when they say that you know we're gonna be hearing about frank like a couple times in this episode and it seems sort of like and he shows up too the hospital you're right he does show up at the hospital so yeah frank calls victoria a couple times and she's basically saying she's kind of scared of him because she knows that he pushed lydia off the building or well Pushed is kind of the wrong word, but they were fighting right by the edge and Lydia fell. So she's really scared of him and she basically tells him to leave and he kind of says like, I'm going to win your trust back even if I, you know, or die trying kind of. I thought she said, I'm going to redeem myself or like, whatever, something like that. I didn't know, well, I didn't know if he was hinting at like, I'm going to get revenge on you guys or was he saying, no, he was saying like, I want to get you to like me again like you used to. Okay. I think it's pretty clear that Frank has a thing for uh, Victoria. Right. So the rest of the stuff with the anniversary article really has to do with, like, we see Charlotte talks. We see um, Daniel has a conversation with the reporter. And at one point, the reporter asks, Daniel says something that hints at the fact that he's in a relationship. And the reporter is like, "Oh, tell me who you're in a relationship with. And he's sort of reluctant and says, no, you know, she values her privacy. Um, Because I think at some point Emily had decided that she didn't want to be a part of this article. And then Tyler walks in and he's like, oh, you mean Emily? Like, he just blows up the whole thing all the time. He's a terrible, terrible person. I hate him. I feel like, didn't he do that on purpose? Like, he wasn't being clueless. Yeah, he clearly did that on purpose. I mean, I feel like Daniel probably told Tyler that Emily didn't want to be part of the article. Or that was probably mentioned around Tyler. He clearly knew and yet he decided to bring her into it anyway. So the reporter shows up at Emily's house and ends up, does interviewing her. And I don't think, 
I don't think we actually ever really read parts of the article, but throughout the episode we get hints at what it was about based on people saying, oh, it sounded lovely, oh, you guys are like, you know, famous in love and all this, and, and so I think that it was supposed to have been kind of, I don't know, Emily says to Nolan that she used the interview as a way to like spin her point of view or whatever, and so I think, or used it to her advantage, and so I think that she is using it to her advantage by making them seem really in love. For whatever mm. reason. I'm not really sure what advantage that is. Maybe just trying to get Victoria to see that, like, Emily is serious about Daniel. True. I'm not sure. Yeah, because for some reason, Victoria just always has some kind of beef against Emily. I think they even, they even, does, does Emily even say that? Or someone tells Victoria about that? Kind of questions, like, why? What do you I, have against me? Yeah, so Daniel has a conversation with Victoria. And this was the scene that I was talking about where we really see, like, how close... Daniel and Victoria are is that he he's really comforting his mom mm. um because I think Conrad there was a fight uh, there was a bunch of fights at this anniversary dinner party it, it not much happened and we skipped all the eating parts but basically th- throughout the dinner party Declan was there with Charlotte mm-hmm. and Tyler was supposed to be there with Ashley but Tyler never shows up which we'll talk about later, later. um and so Ashley just sort of looks like weirdly seventh wheeling it or whatever with all these other couples. And Emily, of course, is there with Daniel. And so there's like a bunch of fights that happen having to do partially with Emily and Jack's relationship. Declan is mad at Emily and then Daniel clearly didn't know that Emily had gone well, and given yeah. a present to Jack. And Deckley, so. Deckley, Deckley, Declan is so Deckley. open, straightforward. He's kind of spilling the beans on a lot of things. Uh, earlier in the episode, Emily comes to visit Jack and gives Jack a gift. Uh, it was like a, it's like a compass. A compass because to kind of thank him for Fixing the work. Her porch that, swing. Yeah, the work he did on the porch and kind of said, you know, friends, you know, we're, we're friends. And he said, like, I'm, gosh, I'm so embarrassed about what I did during the 4th of July party, how he, you know, took her to the dock and kind of opened up to her. And she's like, hey, it's totally fine. It's all good. But so Declan brings it up during dinner. He's like, yeah, and, you know, Jack, um, it was a lot for him, what he did uh, to, like, what he said during the party and building the, the bench for you. Like, that took a lot for him to do that. And then you basically shut him down and, uh, Daniel's over here like, wait, what? I didn't know all this happened between you and Jack. So that kind of blows up. Yeah, I I think that I can't really blame Declan because I feel like he is just so honest. And I, I what were we talking about? We were talking about how the a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how Emily came to town and she had all these plans. But one of the things she couldn't plan for was Jack being there. She didn't know that. And I think she, in the same way, it's really all the porters. She couldn't plan for Declan being the voice of reason and the only one, you know, spouting truth. And, I mean, Charlotte even tells Declan later, like, oh, you're probably the only person to have sat at that table and been honest, you know, in this house. Because everyone else is just BSing each other all the time. And so, yeah, I don't blame Declan for all of this. And I think that, like, the whole stupid thing with Daniel, like, getting mad at Emily. It's like, Daniel, you've done so much recently that she should get mad at. Oh, well. Or it's more like Tyler putting him up to it. Because in this episode, throughout the whole thing, we see that Tyler has a big cut on his head where he's claimed to. And he even tells Daniel, 
that Daniel, what, hit him, hit threw him. him into a wall or something like that, or banged his head into a wall, which... I feel like that was supposed to be more of a big deal, and they kind of, he mentions it to Daniel, and then it's like, Daniel's oh, sorry. Daniel's like, oh, sorry, man. It's and like, then that's, that happens. I don't even know if Victoria finds out that that's what happened to his head. Yeah, that was in the previous episode. Tyler said that. But, uh, yeah, we never saw any repercussions for yeah. Victoria, like, I guess just because they were so preoccupied. 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 <laughs> the with thing, this whole article. The thing about Declan, at first I didn't know if he was being seriously, uh, being serious about what he was, he would say certain things that, I could have taken it as being sarcastic, or I could have taken it as, oh, he was being I think serious. he's being genuine. So, yeah. uh, g- genuine, that's what I mean, genuine. There was this one point before the dinner, uh, well, they're at the dinner party, and before dinner is served, uh, they're kind of waiting on um, Tyler, and J- uh, Daniel's just like, no, let's just start without him. And Jack is like, yeah, or sorry, not Jack, Declan's like, yeah, yeah we wouldn't want your food to get cold. Yeah, we wouldn't want the food to get cold. Victoria, I'm sure you've been slaving away in the kitchen, you know, all day. And then she's kind of like, huh. Yeah. Like, yeah, obviously, her. it's not me. I have helpers. But I'm like, oh, was Jack kind of, you know, taking Declan. a stab? I mean, gosh. Was Declan kind of taking a stab at her? I don't or? think so. I think he was honestly being polite because, like, any other house he's probably ever been to where they've had a dinner, it's because someone has been cooking all day, you know? Yeah. So, it is kind of, it's cute. I I took it more as, it was really cute. I mean, everyone laughed, but I think they laughed because they knew that he was kind of, like, clueless about it, you know. Yeah. Which is, I I still think it's cute. (laughs) Well, back to Victoria and Daniel talking, and Daniel's opening up to her and kind of says, you know, what do you have against Emily? Right, that's what I was going to say. That's what he said. Yeah, and so Victoria says, I just don't, she, her fear is that he's going to get uh, hurt. He's yeah, put. Yeah, it's just, and I'm like, is this true or is this all just BS because you don't trust Emily, in, like, yeah. specifically? Well, but they also put flashbacks back to her and David, and I feel like that was really hard on her. Not because David yeah. did anything bad to her, but just because of the whole situation. You know, she got really close with him, she really loved him, and then that, that didn't turn out good, and... She still has regrets and everything about that, so just been hard on her. She doesn't want her son to get hurt, but at the same time, I could see it being total BS because of Emily. Yeah, yeah, because it's Emily. Because Frank has said, but stuff like, about- but like, I mean, it's like, yeah, she's suspicious just because she's like random, awesome, beautiful, rich lady moves next door and has a mysterious past and no parents, and it's kind of like, I mean, you'd probably be questioning that too. I mean, some of it has to do with like they're such a wealthy family. That they'd probably be suspicious of anybody who's trying to get in. But also, like, she already has money, so, yeah. you know. Well, maybe, like, oh, is Emily too good to be true? Right. That kind of stuff. Right. So, that's really the whole subplot. Dinner party. It, with it, the dinner party. It, it ends with Charlotte and Declan get back. They're fine, because Declan kind of leaves the dinner, but they end up making up. So, that's good. Yeah, because um, they're the only normal, sane people. <laughs> Emily and Daniel, they end up making up, which is good. And they even grow closer, and... They end up saying they are probably in love with each other. Um, Ashley and Tyler, they do – Tyler, when, when Tyler comes back, he kind of opens up to her about – He actually tells the truth and says truth. that his family is bankrupt and that he's basically – he's like, yeah, listen, I'm straight up here because I'm trying to, like, get in with the Graysons get and a their job. company. And in even, like, he alludes to, like, blackmailing yeah. them in order to become indispensable – and, and Ashley likes Ashley's, that. Yeah, she's like, cool, we have a lot cool. in common. Because while she's not as creepy or ruthless, and I think she, you know, up until, I mean, we'll see how it goes from now, but up until this point, she's had a genuine friendship with Emily and actual history and, you know, 
remember they were going to get cheap margaritas <laughs> that one time in episode one. Don't know if that actually happened, but whatever. Um, we haven't really seen casual Emily since, like, those first couple episodes when she was just, like, hanging out with Charlotte. I mean, whatever. Ashley. Hey. So many characters in the show. If you... <laughs> If you want to know about a cheap margarita, I was drinking cheap margaritas all night last night. I feel like a margarita, does that even count when you just, like, have margarita mix and you pour it into some tequila? I had weeks-old margarita mix that I just have been just saving up, not even refrigerated. If it's not, like, I don't know, I I like the frozen margaritas better, like, where they're more like a slushy. I can't eat those. Why? Sipping the frozen, they have a lot of air in them. And sipping, especially sipping them through a straw, it's just, it makes me... You just drink a smoothie through a straw. Yeah. That's probably a bad idea, Don't feel actually. too good. My oh. stomach's really sensitive, so when I get a margarita, I get it on the rocks. And plus, more alcohol. I mean, not more alcohol, but, like, the, the ratio. It doesn't matter. If you drink it before the ice melts. Well, right, yeah. If you drink it before the ice melts, you, you get less di- water. You, frozen margaritas, you're just diluting the alcohol with more ice and you're crushing I'm it up. I'm okay so with that. To- yeah, give myself some more water. That's good for you. <laughs> Hydrate. Clearly, we have different uh I just like the alcohol. slushiness. It's fine. No, I like it. But, I, you know, like 7-Eleven Slurpees, I can't do those. I can't. Those are horrible. I love those. So much air. So I call those icy because they're actually icy brand. It's like the brand name. Wait, oh, I-C-E. I-C-E. Yeah. But don't we call them Slurpees? Yeah, oh, 7-Eleven is Slurpees. You can call them Slurpees. Are you sure? I thought 7-Eleven also had ice. Maybe they are Slurpees. They're Slurpees. They're huh. Slurpees. like the colorful stra- or the colorful cups. Anyway, that's a tangent. Do ICs have, it must be just be blue cups. Which one has like a bear? The polar bear is icy. The polar bear is the icy. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, back to them. So yeah, so Tyler and Ashley seems like they're getting, I mean, I don't know if I would say closer because they don't seem very intimate. And no, I don't even, even know if they like each other. Yeah. it's like they're just. But they like, both they both sort of using each other for equal reasons. Yeah, I don't know. but like basically him kind of standing her up at dinner ended up not being that big of a deal. But the other the only other couple that actually didn't end on a good note was the Graysons. Everybody else seems fine, but the Graysons... No, Victoria literally yelled, get out, and he said, with pleasure, and the next scene we see him walking out with a suitcase. Yep. So, bye. And so, yeah. bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. I don't know where he's going. So, happy 25th anniversary. Yeah, it's just all a big, you know, mess. mess. But, anyway, so that was that. Um, so, the other big topic... Is all about Tyler. I hate talking about him, but like, there's some big stuff that happens. So we're gonna some do big it opening up, right? Stuff. We're gonna do it in speed mode. The speed mode of of talking about Tyler, just because I don't, I don't know, he just bothers me, and I just want to get rid of him as fast as possible. Well, so Emily, um, she tells Nolan, "Hey, I want you to keep eyes on." Tyler. And, and find something that will make the Graysons not want to trust yeah. him. Because he's acting sketch. And, um, well, especially with the whole reporter thing, like, c- telling them about, telling the reporter about Emily and David, or Daniel. Emily just doesn't like him. And at first, no one's like, wait, I thought you were really concerned about Frank. And for some reason, like, Emily's totally fine with Frank is, like, not her top priority. Even, even, though, though, even though Frank broke into her Frank's- house. Yeah, this and morning. Finds, finds her gun, yeah, too. Yeah, he finds her gun. He's not he's not really being threatening in there, but he apparently has hunted down a file where she is, where that tells him that she was in, in juvie for a couple years. Yeah. And um, right after he leaves, we see her 
grab a phone phone and call warden somewhere yeah it was like a phone that she had hidden under her floor and it was like maybe that phone was just for to like speed dial to call the warden and okay we'll come back to that yeah we'll come back to that but anyway so she goes up to nolan and says hey i want you to find something some beef against um Tyler, tyler some kind of black you know blackmail him or whatever yeah, just find something we can use against him. And Nolan's like, ooh, my own solo takedown sounds fun. Because Nolan, is Nolan also mad at Tyler for any reason? I don't know. I'm not sure. But Nolan, at the beginning of this episode, we see he has a bodyguard because Frank attacked him in the previous episode. So he's got this bodyguard who's following him around. And Nolan, I think, wants to be a little more behind the scenes. Doesn't want to be so up front in doing things with Emily, which is kind of ironic because he ends he up was, being very not behind the scenes for this takedown. Well, and he and he was um, trying to be more visible earlier, and he yeah, realized that was like, a, that backstab. That, that's something that annoys me about Nolan and other people in the show, is they're always like, oh, Emily, bring me into your little circle of trust, and then they it's too much for them, and they get mad that they were brought yep, in. exactly. So he gets Tyler to come over? So, yeah, he finds Tyler, like, in the road, because Tyler's out tucking, whatever, on the sidewalk. Tyler's out walking and shopping with Ashley, and Ashley's like, oh, those shoes are cute, and then goes into a store. And Tyler uh, runs into Nolan, Nolan and basically says, he makes some joke or reference about, like, oh, you should get a restraining order, and he's like, JK, I mean... Other people should get restraining orders on you, like Leslie, someone did. Montgomery. Yeah, Leslie Montgomery. And we're like, ooh, why does Leslie Montgomery have a restraining order against him? Well, well, we find out because Nolan is like, hey, come over to my house tonight at this time. And Tyler's like, yeah, I'm going to a dinner party. And Nolan's like, ha ha ha, I'll see you at seven or whatever. Yeah, so that's why Tyler isn't at the dinner party because he's at Nolan's the whole time. Right. So, Tyler goes over to Nolan's, and Nolan basically says, so I did some digging, and I found out that all of your bills were paid by a Leslie Montgomery or something. I can't find their name. I wrote it down somewhere, but, yeah, Leslie Montgomery um, had paid all your bills, and I was like, hmm, wonder why, and then I realized that Leslie Montgomery is a man, and you are clearly a you know, playboy hustler or it's whatever. Gay hustler. Yeah, and then Tyler says something along the lines of, "Well, I'm not necessarily going to say that I'm gay, but I, yeah, sure, I'm a hustler, basically." And um, and I then think he, he pretty much says, "Yeah, you got me." Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, on that in terms of that part, yeah. And then he basically starts like, well, Nolan kind of makes a reference to him also being like, at least somewhat open to to men. And, which I think probably, I, I'm, I'm curious to know whether or not the writers put that in the show because, like, Nolan is a very interesting character and I think probably some viewers were curious about his, I don't know, sexuality or whatever. I'm not really sure. But, but yeah, he mentions being a sexual three, three on the Kinsey scale. So that's kind of right in the yeah. middle there. And, um, what, how long, I don't know anything about the scale. The Kinsey scale goes from one to five. Kenzie? Kinsey? Kinsey? K? K, I don't know, K-I-N-S-E-Y or something like that. I'm not sure how to spell Kinsey. But the Kinsey scale, so he's, um, yeah, one is, like, you're completely heterosexual, and then five is, like, you're completely homosexual. And so a three is, like, you know, oh. bi or whatever, right? Um, and, and so you could have, like, and I mean, I don't know if it's, like, you have to, you know, have a number one through five, or if it's more, like, 
you could be a 1.1, you know, or 1.2 or something. Yeah, yeah who knows. But, but, but ever since he says the three on the scale, you could see Tyler kind of, he stands up. They were sitting across from each other. He stands up. He he makes his way over to Nolan. He's Takes getting a little closer. Drink, yeah. He's getting closer. And, and he's like, ooh, let's make a deal then. Let's let's compromise here, you know. Yeah. Because, um... Does does Nolan say something about Tyler is is uh, poor and he's like yeah, a poser? Yeah, and... that part is also... I think Tyler admits basically the same thing he says to Ashley later. He says to Nolan about his family being bankrupt and, and all this. And I think that what he's getting at is like, Nolan is saying, I could spill all this to the Graysons and clearly they would not want you to work for them. And that's when Tyler is like, okay, I need to fix this problem. Anyway, so then we don't really see anything from this later until Tyler shows up and talks to Ashley. Um, but at the end of the episode, when Nolan calls Emily, I think, to sort of give an update, he mentions that he, he says, you know, oh yeah, Tyler's a bit of a con artist, but you can't con a con. And we see that Nolan has filmed their last night soiree, you know, together, um, to use, I presume, as blackmail, blackmail of some yep. sort. So, well, I think Nolan probably enjoyed himself. I think that he also, you know... <laughs> Ugh, how could you enjoy yourself with Tyler? I know, I, I, that that's just creeps me out. I just don't like Tyler at all. But, but, um, but yeah, well, so while Nolan probably, you know, got something else out, out of it, he also, I think, was clearly using uh, Tyler as much as Tyler was using him. Oh, yeah. They were both, both trying to, other. yeah, use each other there. Well, and I'm... Just kind of wondering if, I mean, Tyler is getting close to the Graysons, so he can get a job, a good job, and make money. But also, like, is he being all buddy-buddy to Daniel and kind of, like, possessive over him and jealous of Emily because maybe he's interested in Daniel? Yeah, Daniel's a good-looking guy. I think it's definitely possible, but I'm not sure if that ever is answered. Okay. Um, directly. Yeah, I don't know. But but it's, it's definitely possible because I think there are times when you see you know, Daniel will talk about how much he likes Emily, and the two of them walk away, and you see Tyler get all mad. Um, I'm not really sure why. Yeah, but it's like, if he's just using Daniel to get in close with his family, why does he need to mess up Daniel's relationship with Emily? Yeah, it's a good point. It's a really good point. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Made me think about that. Okay, so that, let's move along uh, from Tyler. So, right, Frank is the really the big other person who goes through a lot this episode. So Frank is, he's looking sort of the worst for wear. Every time we see him, his hair sort of looks more messed up and he appears to be wearing like probably the same suit that he's been wearing since he was fired. Um, he just doesn't, he just doesn't look great. He reminds you of somebody. I don't even know if he looks kind of like David Clark or someone else. I mean, they both have sort of curly-ish hair. Well, are you thinking about the, uh, the bodyguard in... Fifty Shades of Grey, because that's the same guy. We've already talked about oh this. Oh, my God. <laughs> We've already talked about this. <laughs> Dang it, but you're yeah, right. It's one of those things where, like, have you ever seen where you start to, like, you recognize someone in something else, and then you're like, oh, they seem so familiar. It can't just be from that, but it really just is just from that, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, Frank is, we saw, he broke into Emily's house, and he finds out that she was in juvie, and Emily calls the warden, and then we see, um... We see Frank go visit the warden person, and the warden's just like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, Emily was charged with, I think, assault or something like that. She was charged with harming her foster father um, well, with they, a pair yeah, of scissors, scissors or something like that. Scissors, scissors, stab, 
Well, yeah, stab with stabbing. safety scissors, I think he might have even said, or child scissors. I feel like that was the thing. And they said that the father was found out later to have um, been, abuse- been abusive and battery or something like that. And so um, it was deemed self-defense yep. and it was cleared from her record. That's what she said. Whether or not that's completely true, we don't know because we the warden does seem to be a little bit suspicious and we know that Emily is in touch with her. And so, you know, and the, the warden basically says, like, oh, I was hoping never to have to have you make this call or whatever. And so I think what we're trying to, the point we're trying to get across is, like, something has been hidden on Emily's record through this warden. And Emily calls the warden basically saying, hey, this guy found out. I need you to cover for me. She's like, oh, great. You know, I didn't think I'd have to do this again, but I'll do it. And then Frank shows up, and that's where we get the conversation. And then we see the warden walk out of her office and lock the door. Now, I don't know how, but sometime later, Frank gets the key to go in there. We don't go see the file cabinet and pulls up Emily Thorne's file, in which there's a picture of a different girl. girl. And so this is when we first think, oh, maybe there is a real Emily Thorne and Amanda Clark not just changed her name, but switched identities with someone. And so maybe there's someone masquerading as an Amanda Clark. Uh And you see then Frank... In a strip club. Yeah, and he's hunted down the real Emily Thorne, who's pretending to be Amanda Clark. And she first thinks that, like, oh, gosh, another reporter, another interview, what do you want? Because she sounds like she's been approached numerous times because she's Amanda Clark. She's David's uh, daughter. daughter. Yeah, she says a lot of perverts come and probably also, like, you probably reporters or people who want to figure out, you know, what the famous David Clark's daughter, or not famous, infamous David Clark's daughter, you know, has wound up doing. Yeah. And um, so uh, Frank tells her, like, yeah, I know who Emily Thorne is, or the person who's pretending to be Emily Thorne. And she's like, oh, really? Wow. And you can tell that, uh, you can tell that this Amanda Clark d- has not kept in contact with Emily Thorne. And we don't know, we don't know how, like how they became switched or what the process was for that. But it seems like she's interested in uh, Emily Thorne's, you know, new life and wondering what she's doing. And so he basically says, like, oh, look, here," and he gives her the newspaper where it's the article on Emily and Daniel. And so she basically says, like, oh, cool, like, I'll talk with you more later. Here my shift ends in an hour and I'll meet you out in the parking lot. Then we have, like, some real luck with timing here where Frank is calling Victoria Victoria, and he's out in the parking lot and he basically says, like, Emily's not the girl you think she is. Boom! Bam. Gets hit in the head with a tire, tire iron. Which, tire iron? I think that's what that thing is. I thought it was a golf club. No, it's not a golf club. It looks, it looks sort of like a crowbar except the end has like a ball on it. And I think you use it to like unscrew the tire. I think that's what a tire iron is. Oh, unscrew the actual tire. Yeah, like if you're if you're changing your tires oh. on your car. That's what it looked like. I wouldn't to me. know what that is. <laughs> well, I think I think it's like a thing that probably some people have, you know, like in their car where like a spare tire would be. You would uh, have like a tire iron. Okay. I'm gonna look this up. But I I'm, thought I'm it was pretty like a... sure. I'm pretty sure that's what a tire iron is. Um, mm, I thought it was a golf club. But anyway, I, it's weird because it's one of those things where you I feel like you only hear it referenced as like you being used as a weapon. Well, yeah. So so. Uh, Right when he's on the phone, bam, she hits him and he, he gets knocked out. And Yeah, see, it sort of looks like that. Oh, it's like it's sort of like a crowbar, yeah. but one end has like a That's little true. it's not actually a ball, it's like a little cup thing that you put around the um the, the 
screws, bolts, bolts yeah, yeah. In, your, in your tire. And uh, so he was talking on the phone at the time, and um, Mana Clark leans down and picks up the phone, and she glances at it, and she sees Victoria Grayson, and Victoria, Victoria's on the other side going, Frank, hello, Frank, hello, hello. Are you there? And then she just hangs up, and then you see Frank kind of move around like, ugh. And then, bam, she hits him again. So. And it makes a, a really terrible sort of crunching, squelching noise. Yeah, I'm like, where is she hitting it. him? She's not hitting him in the head. Or is she? And that, that's a fatal I, blow. My, my guess is that she's hitting him in the head. In the head. I, I That's my <sighs> guess. Well, anyway, uh, and then the next you see of Amanda, she's showing up at Emily Thorne's house. Yep. And... Telling her, yeah, um, Frank's Frank knows about us, about the switch, switcheroo. She's like, oh no! And then Amanda says, you know, but it's okay. I've I've got it covered. And it shows the episode ends with Frank like in a ditch, or not not even in a ditch, but like off the side of the road, just in the bushes, and he's just laying there. He looks dead, but he looks dead, but you can never be so sure because I feel like everybody always looks dead, and then. I mean, he looks pretty darn dead. I feel like they can't kill him yet. Really? Can they? I don't know. I mean, Amanda said she took care of him. So, hmm. And, and the, really, the other part of this story we get is a flashback of Amanda and Emily meeting, prob- presumably for the first time, in Juvie. And it's back to the black-haired, uh, you know, Emily slash Amanda, whatever. Oh, this is... This is where it gets really confusing with the names. So, for sake of clarity, Emily Thorne is Emily Van Camp. The blonde girl. The blonde girl. She is Emily Thorne. Yes. And Amanda Clark is the curly, dirty blonde, brunette-ish haired girl. I'd say she's brunette, right? I don't know. I feel like sometimes she looks more blonde. But maybe it's just because I'm picturing her character from Adventureland? Was that the movie? Adventureland. No, she had brown hair Did she have brown hair in that, Pretty sure she had really... I mean, she always has, like, big curly hair. Uh, I love it. And her hair is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. In Adventureland, that was – she looks considerably older in this one. Not not in a bad way, but I feel like she looked like a teenager back in Adventureland. So I'm thinking maybe – I think Adventureland was probably first. I don't know. It's got to be first. Yeah, she was the cute-looking uh, girl at the, at the fair. Uh, isn't she, like, blowing up bubble, like bubblegum? I don't she, like, there and I don't remember. Uh, I can't even think of what her first name is, the character's first name, but I know it's, like, something P. It's like, oh, that's Ashley P. Or oh, it's, yeah. Or it's Amanda P. Or whatever, like, whatever yeah. her last name is. Watch it be Amanda. Is. I don't think it's Amanda. Ma- Amanda P. But, uh, I like that movie. I, you've got to, like, well, you've got to be able to tolerate Kristen Stewart because she's in that. Kristen Stewart's not the worst Jesse movie. Eisenberg. Like, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse no, Eisenberg. I feel like I he like just kind of creeps me out in that movie. I don't know what it is. That whole movie, I feel like you watch the commercial and you're like, oh, it's going to be fun. And then it's just one of those, like, ugh, kind of a downer kind of movies. I don't know. I just didn't think it was. It's not fun like you want it to be. Maybe I just want it to be fun. <laughs> I don't know. Jesse Eisenberg. I think he's, he always plays kind of like the, not dweeby, but the guy that's. You know, how do I say it? I don't think he's dweeby. I don't really know what you're trying to say. Not spastic, but he. Yeah, he is. He's not like he's not like all suave, 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 suave. He's not all suave (laughs) and. (laughs) That reminds me on the preview for the next episode of um, Survivor, or actually, it's the episode that already happened. I just haven't seen it yet. You see, Chris Nolan goes, "I'm suave." It's like no, not a word. Shoot, a word. I pulled a Chris Noble. It's suave, suave, suave. 
Yeah, so he's he doesn't play the suave guy. He kind of plays the guy that's kind of real. You can see he's kind of nervous. It's cute. Yeah, he's kind of yeah, I don't know, in and out. He's kind of weird. Yeah, maybe maybe awkward. Maybe he plays like kind of the awkward guy. Lisa P. Lisa P. Lisa P. Margarita Leviera Leviva. Viva. Wait, what year is this? This is two thousand nine. And then when did Uh, when did two thousand eleven? I think. So yeah, it's a couple years years later. But. Anyway, but I don't. I don't really know what else she's in besides, besides that movie. That's the only other movie I've seen. Wow, why is she so far down? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's ordered by. Go up. Oh yeah, filmography. So she's been in Future World. Don't know what that is. Uh, It happened in L.A. The Blacklist. Nothing that I really wait. The Blacklist isn't the Blacklist. Is that a movie or a TV show? It's a TV show. Oh, never mind. TV show. Boys I Used to Babysit. Oh, that's a short. Interesting. Diary of a Teenage Girl. Yeah, I don't really recognize any of these. Besides Revenge is probably the most notable thing that she's been in. Okay, anyway. So, yeah, it ends with them, with Amanda and Emily meeting. And, oh, and Victoria calling Frank again saying, hey, now I'm, like, officially worried right. about and you. That's, and that's really the end, which is kind of... Yeah, it's kind of a creepy end because you see Frank lying in a ditch on the side of the road, but ugh. But anyway, that's pretty much it for the end of this episode, and you are welcome to write to us on Twitter, which is at KowskiCast, that's cow with a K, or watch our episodes on our YouTube channel, which is also KowskiCast, cow with a K. And we hope to be putting up some more videos on that YouTube channel soon, uh possibly not related to revenge. We'll see. It might be about other things. We've got some other other projects we're tossing projects around. Works. Yeah. Yeah. And the show is has just had a turning point with dun 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 Amanda coming, so it should be interesting. Yeah, I think this is sort of like the first several episodes were that format of like, here's a person who is going to do something that complicates Emily's life or was previously involved in the trial with David Clark, and so she's going to try and take take them them down. down. You're right. Every episode is kind of centered around one person from the connected to Grayson's in the past. And this episode was the first one that really didn't. I mean, unless you call include the warden, but that's just about But that's about Emily, so I don't really think so. This one was much more furthering the overall plot of what's going to happen and adding complications. Exactly. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that that gets really interesting, and we know that, you know, I'm sure things will be spiced up with uh, Amanda Clark coming to town and maybe mix up some of these love triangles a little bit. Don't we need that? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. But that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us, and we will be back probably in a week. Who knows? (laughs) Hopefully next Monday for our rewatch of episode eight. For now, we're the Kowski sisters. Are we, Mary? Sound like you were a little, (laughs) you're stuttering a little bit. Just a little bit. We're the Kowski sisters. Peace out. bushes and he's just laying there he looks dead but you know
Achoo! Uh, excuse me. <laughs>